Welcome to the New Crusade Podcast. Uh, this is, uh, I think, episode seven. We're going to be talking about Hogwarts Legacy, uh, the game. Kind of give like a pre-review before we put, actually put out a real review. And Last of Us episode four and five and some news that happened around that episode and whatnot. Um, I think we'll start with Last of Us since we just got done watching that last night. Uh, well, it's still fresh in our little brains. Yep. Uh, of course, as always, Courtney is here with me. Um so we'll start off on Last of Us. We episode four and five. So episode four, which was last Sunday's, mm-hmm. um, we see Joel and Ellie uh, taking the vehicle they got from Bill's house and they start driving west, and they get stuck in Kansas City, basically, where they instead of like just driving over the overpass, they go into the city to try and get around a blocked highway tunnel or highway overpass, basically. Um, but then get stuck in the city and then it turns out the city's been uh not revolutionized, but basically the people in the quarantine took out the federal took out the federal, which is the federal government, uh controlling the area and took control of the city for themselves. And they try to ambush uh Joel and Ellie and they end up uh getting the car gets wrecked, they end up getting stuck uh in the city. And the people are coming after them because Joel killed uh the four, four or five guys that ambushed them in their car, and they are trying to get out and survive and continue on their way to Wyoming. Yeah, in the process, we find that the resistance leaders who have killed the Fedra are now like on a manhunt for anybody who was a collaborator with Fedra, who basically were people who had rat out smugglers or anybody leaving the quarantine zone or doing stuff that they're not supposed to be doing to Fedra to get like extra food stamps and stuff or whatnot. Um, the leader of the resistance is after one guy specifically because he's the guy that turned in her brother and got him killed. Um, and she's like on a crazed man to a point where like you realize she's nuts because she thinks uh, just because Joel and Ellie showed up when uh, when they did and they, even the men said, yeah, their people had a ton of supplies on them. They're, uh looks like they're maybe passing through or whatnot. Uh, car crash. And then they kill some of her men. She immediately just to, oh, this is Henry's work. He called them in here to help him. They bring supplies for him. It's like, no. And, like, obviously you don't know that your men set up an ambush of faking being injured to try and rob them. So the resistance fighters aren't all pure and good either. They're kind of running around not knowing what all what everybody's doing. Because mm-hmm. uh, they've just liberated the place, like, ten days ago. Ten days prior, which we find out in episode five. But by the end of episode uh, four, basically, Ellie and Joel are on the run trying to stay away from these folks. And they run into um, Henry, who the resistance leader is on a crazy manhunt for. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily run into him. Uh, Henry and his brother, Sam, uh, awaken Joel and Ellie at gunpoint. And that rolls right into episode five, which came out a couple of days early because of the big game on Sunday. Uh, we get to have the uh, episode out earlier. But Henry and Sam um, enlist, I use that term loosely, uh, Joel and Ellie to help them get out of Kansas City so they can 
go and be away from this resistance group and not get killed. Yeah, basically Henry, who's been there, knows the lay of the land and knows a way out of the city by going through some tunnels. And, like, one of the things that they bring up is, like, hey, there's no infected at all in this city. And that's because he said, like, three or four years ago, or actually five, I think it was, like, five years ago, like, Fedra had pushed all the underground, all the infected underground into the tunnels and, like, locked them in there. Mm-hmm. But he apparently knows of one tunnel that his inside informant on Fedra told him, like, was co- was cleared out three years ago and it's completely empty. Um, which doesn't really set well with Joel, but, like, he doesn't really have a choice. So he uh, goes and follows this guy out uh, to get out of the city and whatnot. And, yeah, the tunnel ends up being clear. And uh, Ellie and uh, Henry's little brother, Sam, Sam, who is, um, he's not deaf, he's mute. Yeah. is he deaf? He is deaf. He's He's a little deaf and mute. He is deaf because he's always his brother like, what do you hear? So but he he can sign and he writes down uh, on his, like, little Etch-A-Sketch stuff he wants to say um so basically ellie is has a friend in him and whatnot and like they get along they bond they go through the tunnels while this crazy uh resistance chicks after him because basically henry ends up admitting to joel that like hey he did kill somebody once before uh but it was because he turned him in to fedra and yeah. got that guy killed because and because it turns out that the brother that was killed that that's this chick's so angry about was actually the original resistance leader. He was the one uh, actually building the resistance, getting it built up to uh, get to the point where she basically was able to push it to the next step to where they overthrew Fedra. Yep. Um, but Henry turned him in in order to get leukemia medicine for his uh, for his little brother. It was like, let my little brother die or turn in the resistance leader if he gets killed. Um, which... It's always a dilemma, like, do yeah. you choose family, or do you choose I, and he, this he, other person to Even live. Joel says, like, hey, if you do what you did for him, I, th- I guess I can understand. Uh, so Joel kind of understands why he would do it when originally like, he doesn't want to work with him, because he's, he's a, uh, uh, a rat. A rat, basically. Um, but then you I get a point of view from the resistance leader side, where she's like, yeah, I'm doing bad things, and yeah, my brother would... Tell me I should forgive Henry and that I shouldn't go after him, but she's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm going to fucking do it, and like she's ruthlessly killing people. She's just so blinded by rage and revenge, and revenge that she can't see how it's hurting her own people now. Which is an interesting thing because she's not in the original game. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a character made up made for the the TV show. But I think it works really well for the TV show setting to help but propel. It- the Henry story. But also, if they were going to do Last of Us 2 as another season later on or something, it's not obviously going to be this first season. This is only nine episodes. Mm-hmm. But if they do it later on, this is foreshadowing the whole point of Last of Us 2, which was like, you can't let revenge consume you because you end up destroying everything around you. She let re- revenge consume her where she has her people doing a manhunt for Henry for over 10 days, trying to find him just to kill him and his little brother, just because uh, he turned him in, turned into her brother who ended up getting killed. Any of the prisoners that she's taken, anybody who was a, who was working with Fedra, even people who have skills such as like the medical doctor that uh, delivered her, she kills them. Like, yeah, kill them all. They're not helping me. They're not gonna help me find Henry. Kill them. They're not. They're not worth uh, 
giving a fair trial to, as she says, which doesn't seem like there's any fair trials happening there. Um, so she's almost <clears throat> like Vedra in that aspect too, which yeah. is what she was raising, raising uh, which she was going up against originally. Yeah. So she became the monster that like they overturned. Right. And it's so like early in this revolution that, yeah, they got, they overthrew Fedra, took over the quarantine zone and have taken over Kansas, Kansas city and whatnot and killed all the federal agents. And now they're killing all the people who are, who are turning their neighbors in, uh, for benefit um she's basically just replaced federal with her own source and people are behind her because as her right hand man says like her brother was like a good man he was a leader he was trying to keep the peace uh she pushed it over the edge to where they actually took everything over but like being that early revolution there's no establishment of art this is how we're going to govern things right now it's just been we took everybody every, everything over we killed all the bad guys all the people that we thought were bad now we're going to kill all the people who helped the bad people Oh, now I'm going to go on this revenge kick to just get this one guy. It's like, and then where do you go after that? Yeah, like, so there's no progress being made as far as, like, their new civilization. It's just kind of all chaos, right? And real, like, post-apocalyptic, like, everybody's killing everybody type of thing. Because, you know, we said, like, when Joel got to the city, like, they're driving along trying to find a way to get back to the highway. And there's a guy who says, oh, help me, help me, help me. And then Joel just hits the gas, hits a tire, uh spike strip and ends up crashing the car and when ellie like asked him like how'd you know it was a trap he's like i've been on both sides like he's pulled that stunt before mm-hmm. he knew it was them. he's gotten in that trap before yeah he's known that that was something they were, they were going to kill them and rob them and that's exactly why as soon as they crashed the car the guys were firing on him. it wasn't like them trying to stop him or say hey we need help or anything like that it was literally like oh they don't didn't fall for it kill them and steal all their shit yeah so it's really the obvious, like, man eats man world of uh, the post-apocalyptic in Kansas City here. They go through the tunnels, they get out, and where the tunnels exit out is in this residential area. Suburb. Yeah, just outside. And, like, Henry's plan is you go out the, the residential area, there's nobody around. We can just go across the, the river. river and then we'll be home free into the wilderness to go do our own thing. So, <clears throat> but when they get there, there apparently is a sniper set up at the radio to the resistance fighters so they know that Henry's there. That he starts firing at them. Joel doubles around, takes care of the sniper in the house while like they're bunkered down. Ellie and uh, Henry and his son, are, or his brother, bunkered down behind a car. But at the same time, the resistance shows up to come kill Henry, and they have this big old standoff uh, where basically Joel has taken out one of the drivers of like their demolition vehicles that actually ended up crashing into a house after he shot the driver. And, like, there's a standoff of her saying, Harry, you got to come out, Henry. I want to kill you. Your your brother probably was supposed to die, and so you, you should let him die and say, kill him, uh, turning in my brother. And then she was, when he told him, like, all right, I'll come out, but you got to let my brother and, like, the this kids, kid. go, this kid go. And I was like, well, no, she's with the other guy that killed my men, so I got to kill him them too. It's like, wow, this is just rolling over and over on top of itself where she was going nowhere but in circles. Mm-hmm. And then at, at at the end of the day, uh, they are saved by the, the infected. By the infected, because the infected are all underground, and where this dozer truck crashed into, basically causes a, a cave in, and the infected swarm out and start killing all the resistance fighters. Um, start trying to go after Henry and his uh, brother and Ellie, uh, and this is where we see like one of the big major infected. I don't know exactly what it was called in the game, but like basically pretty much bulletproof. Um, you're not 
super strong, not going to do anything. This guy, this infected basically gets up and rips off people's heads. Which um, he did, which we saw uh, when he killed one of the main resistance fighters that was uh, talking to the crazy chick. Yeah, her like, her like right hand man yeah. uh, basically gets killed, who evidently was played by the guy who did the voice acting for Tommy, I think, yep. in the game. Um, he gets his head ripped off by this super infected. Just instantly. He's like, oh, I'm going to give you some time. And the boomer's like, nope, yoink, you're yeah. dead now. It is kind of like a mix of a boomer because he's like he is it is fat, but it's not like love for dead boomer fat where it's like grotesquely obese. It's fat. a muscular. It's like a muscular uh, beef on it, so it's super strong. Uh, in all this chaos, Ellie and them are trying to get are trying to get away, and she still tries to run them down to kill them, and then infected then ends up killing her like almost immediately. Yeah, as, kills the resistance yeah, leader as they run away. So like she gets her upcomings. Uh, at the end of the day. At the end of the day. They get away. They find a motel and uh, Joel says, okay, you can come with us to Montana to Henry and Sam. And Henry's kind of leave, relieved now that, okay, I can go to Montana. At least that's kind of a path somewhere after all this chaos. And Ellie and Sam are in another room playing or not playing sorry but a comic book and just bonding and about to go to bed and then sam reveals that he has been bitten yeah he basically asks her like hey when you turn into a monster you still you inside and that's when he shows her his leg where he got bitten and then ellie tries to cuts her hand because she thinks oh if i put my blood because i've been bitten so it must be my blood that's you know protecting me I'm going to help him by giving him some of my blood. So she cuts open her hand and pus- pushes She smears her blood all yeah. over the wound, basically, trying to get in which contact with the infection. Which doesn't, you know, medical science, that doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work that way, all right? Like, it would it would have been worse if, he, if she tried to make him ingest it. But like, okay, she tried something. Wake up the next morning, he's sitting there on the bed, and he basically has turned. So then... Uh, Henry has to basically shoot his little brother. Freaks out of the fact that he shot his little, bro- he killed his little brother out of uh, basically kind of just instinct. He sh- shoots her off, shoots him off of Ellie. Freaks out and then blows his own head off. All right, then they're, they're in front of uh, Joel and Ellie while they're trying to sh- get him mm-hmm. to put down the gun. Um, but like, as Joel and them they bury the bodies and whatnot. Ellie's one has to tell Joel, all right, we got to get going, let's leave. Because she's had to deal with death before. He just, she hasn't told Joel 100% about what happened prior. I think she is also really upset because she thought my blood is what's going to help and heal him. And that didn't happen. Yeah, and 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 Joel told her it's more complicated than that. It's it's not going to just be in your blood. Yeah, but she's still pretty shaken up because she thought that she's like the world cure and that she could just go around and be all pew, 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 heal, heal, heal. Yeah. I, I, I could see, see that point of view. I think I thought it was more of her like, okay, I tried this kid's dead. I couldn't save him. She's upset about that, but also like she's getting that stone skin of like realizing the world's shitty. Yeah. And that like, there's nothing you can do to change the shitty things that happen. They just happen. So it's time to move on. And let's move, go and move forward and like she's the one that's like get your shit joe let's go um 
and not wanting to sit there and mourn uh, for uh, for him uh, or give him one of a sign. It's like we're done. Let's leave. Mm-hmm. Um, which will bring us to see what happens next. Where they they get close to Wyoming, I believe they're next where they should meet up with his brother, and we see what happens there. Um, well, we'll probably get more backstory <clears throat> on what's been going on with Tommy. Uh, maybe more of Tommy's perspective on things. Yeah, why he from... joined the Fireflies, why he yeah. quit the Fireflies, um, what's all going there. I mean, it was a really good episode. Like they added, like you said, they've added a new character to it, and that character immediately goes away as well within like the two episode frame period that we saw her in. Yeah, and I said like she plays an important point as if if you look at the storylines of both Last of Us One, and Last of Us Two, Last of Us One like this was just following the story pretty closely. Um, but Last of Us 2 is not about surviving in, like, a zombie apocalypse type world or anything like it's that. It's a revenge it's story. It's completely about revenge from all, and, uh, the paying for all the consequences of all the actions that you, and decisions that you make. And then having the option to sit there and say, you can either let it go, or you could throw everything away and continue down your road to revenge. And that's why that game was so divisive for a lot of people, because... It showed both sides of the story it was telling, but it wasn't the same type of story that Last of Us 1 was. Um, but we can talk about that at a later time, uh, if they ever get to that point in the show. So far, show's going really well. You should definitely be watching it. It's on yeah. HBO Max. Um, it's going to be back airing on Sundays at 6 p.m. Pacific, mm-hmm. um, starting on uh, the Next 19th. Week. Yeah. But this week, we kind of got one on Sunday, and we got one on Friday. Which uh, is why you're getting a twofer. Yep. And then the other big news, well, actually, wait, there was one last piece of big news for Last of Us, or was it somewhat big news, mm-hmm. is that the actress who played the resistance leader is just a normal-looking woman, right, or whatnot, and then some, some really an idiot, she's the <laughs> uh, winner of America's Top Model Season 1, which, how fucking long ago is that? Nobody knows who the hell this chick is Over anymore. 20 years, I think. Yeah. I decided point. to go on Twitter and said... And took a picture of the actress who was like at a, a gala premiere or something. I said, "Her bot says like life of luxury, not post apocalyptic." Where's Linda Hamilton when I need her? And then the actress actually responded back saying, "Hey, uh, my character's supposed to be smart and methodical, and she executed the takeover of Fedra and and got rid of him. She's not supposed to be muscly. It's okay that she's smart, yeah, not, and not uh, bulked up like Linda Hamilton was in like Terminator Two and shit." Um, that whole fallout then resulted in this uh, model like getting harassed by her fans or whatnot because she also went like, the picture you're showing is not even a picture of me in my costume for the show. It's me at a fucking gala somewhere else in a in an evening gown. What like this is a it stupid has... comparison <laughs> to make for bot trying to body shame her. Um, and then like of course Twitter does what it does where everybody goes and harasses the model to a point where. She, like, tries to roll off her back, say, ha look how people are all freaking out, who gives a shit. And then eventually she just deleted her whole Twitter account completely. And it's like, what are people going to learn? Just don't fucking body shame anybody for anything, dude. Either you like it or you don't like it. That's fine. But don't comment on people's body looks for, like, oh, they're too fat to be a resistance uh, leader. No, they're too skinny. Like, you say, well, no, this character's really stupid. doesn't seem to be very smart. Why are they a resistance leader? Yeah, that makes more sense. Like, but... you got to attack, attack a character's character, not like, oh, the actor, actor looks horrible. Not their horrible. physical appearance. Yeah, and to have, like, American Top Small, like, that whole generation, like, that, that show, like, they just bred fucking stupidity anyway, so. 
didn't surprise me that this was an American top model winner. He's like, oh, look, she's not the right body type for that role. Like, fuck you. You're a fucking model. You don't know shit. Oh Especially God. when you're a model from that TV show that was, like, all about body shaming everybody uh, to death about how you couldn't look any way, had to look a certain way to be a model. Have to be a certain weight and yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah, Tyra makes all those people were fucking horrible. Um, oh, my God. But, yeah, that's... That's the other big story that rolled out of these last two episodes is because she's getting body shaming. It's like, people just need to learn to shut the hell up and not body shame people for shit. Like, if you don't like something, fine, you don't like something, but don't voice don't voice the opinion if it's about how somebody looks because then you're just an idiot and you look stupid and you're going to get backlash for it. Um, but speaking on that on Twitter, like, that's <laughs> where we, Hogwarts Legacy comes in because social media has blown up about that once again. It's been kind of blown up the whole time because... As much as this game's been in development, people have always been saying they're going to boycott ever since J.K. Rowling came out as being anti-trans, which, that's her prerogative. It's a bad take. She's an idiot for having that point of view of my, is where I stand on it, but the fact that pe- people are like protesting this game so hugely where she had nothing to do with the creation of it, the story writing, or any of that... It's that she gets a piece of the of the revenue from the licensing deal that they have, which usually when it comes to like properties like this, it's like a ten percent, less than ten percent, maybe ten of... percent or less of what the uh, sales are go to the license holder, where the rest has to pay for you know the marketing, the develop dev team and all that, mm-hmm. and then they started this huge debate where people are like. Hey, I'm a game dev. The devs already been paid. Don't buy the game. You're not supporting the devs. And then it's other people saying, like, no, devs have some devs have deals that go. I mean, they get bonuses and extra things based off of performance, which has been a known thing forever. And um, one dev wo- that worked on the game came out and said that he has in his contract a <clears throat> bonus system or yeah, bonus system based on like uh, how the reception, how well the game sells and does, and like that's not news. I mean, that's been known for like hey. If a game, That's with every game. If a game gets high reviews, there's bonuses people expect because we've had stories where publishers or companies have not paid people when they're supposed to because the contract says, hey, this game got a 9, uh, 9.5 or higher, nine point, or, or 8.5 and higher. The devs are entitled to this much extra money that should be paid out to them. So we know that's a real thing. Seeing they're saying it's not, it sounds like bullshit, and it ends up that it is. And then we have people, we have uh, groups who are like, hey, we're not going to review this game because of uh, J.K. Rowling's uh, bad take on trans rights and all that. That's fine. You want to boycott it, fine. If you don't want, your publication doesn't want to review it, fine. But then all the publications are just running stories about her bad take on trans, trans uh, rights and whatnot. So they're still writing about it constantly and bringing attention to it, which... Like, when you do that and you boycott something and you make a loud noise about how everybody needs to boycott it, people just go out and buy it. Yeah. Like, the biggest draw to anything is telling people that you shouldn't do it. So, of course, they're going to go run out there and do it. Did the par- did the D.A.R.E. program work to stop kids from doing drugs? No. no they all went out and fucking drugs. Thing. So Every kid did drugs. It's after. not to say that boycotts are pointless or something. It's like, if you're going to boycott something, fine, boycott it. Get your word out however you want to get your word out. But then just talk about your boycott. Don't sit there and constantly, constantly rail on uh, J.K. Rowling and her point of view when it's not even related to the game. I mean, they're also throwing things around like, oh, this game is seated in, cent- in anti-Semitic uh, 
storyline where slavery is good for the slave. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. In, like, the Harry Potter world, goblins aren't slaves. It's all, the main story is about this goblin rebellion, this goblin trying to start goblin rebellion against the wizarding world. And everybody's saying that, oh, well, they're enslaved, and they're trying, and you're playing a wizard trying to keep them enslaved. It's like, the goblins aren't enslaved. You don't put slaves in charge of all your money. <laughs> The goblins run all the, runs the bank that the wizards keep all their money in. So why would the fuck would they be slaves? They're clearly not slaves. Only slaves in this universe are the house elves, and that's one thing that's really interesting that nobody talks about. That there are house elves all over Hogwarts, and they're they're the slaves that work there, and nobody addresses it. Like if you mm-hmm. want to bitch about the game having slavery, talk about the house elves that are there and with- how they depict them to be almost like a Jim Crow type. Uh, slave, where it's like, oh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I guess that's the thing is that, like, when you go into the lore of, of Harry Potter, when the house elves wear rags because if they're given clothing, then they're set, they're free. They're set free, right? So, keeping with the lore, the magic of like the food appearing on the tables and all that shit comes from the house elves. They work in the kitchen, they clean the floors, they keep the, the castle clean, and they're all wearing rags. rags. Some yep. some may be colored like a plaid rag, but it's still a fucking rag sack that they're wearing. And they're just happy to be there because I guess they're being treated better at Hogwarts than they are by, like, individual families who probably used to beat the shit out of them. And, like, there are store, there are uh, cycles like, where I went to go help one of the uh, elves' friends. He's like, oh, well, he's stuck in this cave getting this slug juice, and his master's really mean, so I want to see, can you make sure he's okay because he's there alone? And you find out, well, the spiders in the cave killed him. Sorry. <laughs> And it's like, they actually explain to you that, like, well, we used to belong to another person, but he died. And since there's no family for us to go to, the Ministry of Magic assigned us to where we had to go. And they assigned me to Hogwarts, which was great, and assigned him to this other guy who's an asshole. So it's like, great, here's the slavery aspect, but nobody's talking about it. They want to talk about the goblins and how they're anti-Semitic. Why? Because they're bankers? Bankers and exaggerated features. Because they have big nose and long fingers? Yes. Jew- I don't need Jewish people with long fingers. I don't. <laughs> I don't need Jewish people with a long nose either. It, it, yep. <laughs> I mean, the depiction of a goblin in this universe—the only thing off from other depictions of goblins—is that they're not green. Yeah, they are flesh colored. <laughs> yeah, and guess what? They have jobs. Majority of them work at the bank and work in the banking system. That is not inherently something that means depicts that you are Jewish. So it's, I feel like that's a lot of projection that they're throwing in there. The real slave thing is the house elves, which I figure like the game developers could have completely fixed that. By saying, oh, all the elves in Hogwarts are, are free. free. And they could have done that by like, they all have uniforms. They all wear clothing. They don't wear sacks around. Yeah. So then it's cool. All these house elves who work at Hogwarts are free and they're working there by choice. That's all I had to do is put them in clothes and outfits and people would deduce that that's what's going on. Instead, no, they're all still slaves, and nobody's talking about that. Um, but what's other, what's also disturbing mm-hmm. about this controversy that's going on is not just the harassment that's happening to people who are who are streaming it, the people who are reviewing it. Um, it's the callback to ethics and journalism now because mm-hmm. people are pissed that IGN gave it a nine a nine out of ten, saying uh, that the. You guys, you listed a bunch of issues with the game, but you gave it a nine. Why? That doesn't make any sense. The guy didn't list that many issues with it. He had some 
some uh, bug glitches, some bug glitches, some issues. He did. He really ended up saying things he didn't say in my review. In my review, riddle with bugs, broken, boring story. I only gave it a good score because I'm a fan. He never said anything like that uh, in his article. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Wired magazine comes out with a review that makes no sense yep. whatsoever. One out of ten. A one out of ten. Regardless of how bu- uh, what bugs or what issues people might have with the initial game, like it's not a one. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, a one out of ten is means that this is this game is is worse so than cyber. It's so it's so unplayable. It's worse than Cyberpunk uh, twenty seventy seven when that came out. Yeah, and so, when Cyberpunk first came out, it was getting like fours and fives. Yeah, it was with how glitchy and buggy that was on older systems and that was, PC. Not, that was not even playable on PS4 and, and 360 originally with its launch build. Yeah, uh, the Wired person I had had said like the story was was mid. It was anti-Semitic and racist, and then and basically went on and on about all the stuff that's oh, politics around the Harry Potter universe and not anything specifically about the game. Um, a lot of people are bitching that, hey, the game, you only have four uh, slots for your gear, which is true. Uh, but there's actually a game mechanic in there that lets you expand that. And nobody's mentioned, oh, yeah, if you do these this specific task and you complete them, you'll end up opening up more slots. Slots. Do I think that's a great game design? No. I think it was pretty annoying. They should just make gear slots uh, unlimited so you can just pick everything up and then sell shit off as you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um Instead of having you pick stuff up and then, hey, all your gear slots are full. You can't open. You can't take what's in this chest. Come back later. Yeah, or like have a just a junk chest that you can dump into and go back when you want stuff as well. Yeah. So like the thing is, is that a lot of those elements don't come to light until you find them in the game, and it depends how much you do exploring, right? And a lot of people are playing this game for the first ten hours are literally just exploring. The Hogwarts ground. It's fucking huge and dense and big, and you can spend 10 hours just wandering around there the whole time looking for what secrets that the castle has to hold. The element about expanding your gear slots is a quest that happens outside of the castle that you have to go, you have to actually go to and find. Uh, there's a quest, a story quest that puts you in that area and that will alert you to it. But if you're like me and I blew through that quest really quickly, I didn't realize doing that stuff would open up gear slots for me. So you kind of have to pay attention. I mean, this game has a lot to tell you, a lot to teach you, but it teaches you throughout a, a huge amount of time. It was not like where I would say there's like a five-hour tutorial period. I would say like you learn a bunch of stuff, you get really familiar with it, and then they throw more new stuff at you. Then you get familiar so with that. So it's almost like a constant tutorial. Every... But it doesn't feel that way because you still get a lot of gameplay in with, mm-hmm. the, with what you learn, and it's not like you'll run into something like, oh, I can't do this because I don't know something. Okay. Um, when you start to like try and be a completionist on some things like on the Merlin trials they're all different types of puzzles there's one puzzle I haven't figured out how to how to work and it might be because I don't know all the spells I'm supposed to know yet um but that will come because the map is huge and everything's there like just explore and keep doing some doing stuff like in Elden Ring if you get somewhere and you get stuck go somewhere else you're probably not ready for whatever that is that got you stuck right um but like even the wired guy said hey this looks like it's you know two or three generations behind in gaming and graphics which that makes no sense whatsoever um, but then finding out that that reviewer on Wired has never reviewed a video game before in their life and they've only reviewed toys is like, they've set this up for this review to come in as a one for one by uh, one out of 10 on purpose. One, just for the clickbaiting, uh, of it. And two, just because just to review bomb the scores 
to say that, hey, they care about trans rights. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is, is like buying a game and playing it or not playing it doesn't sway you one way or the other on the argument for me. Like, cool, you're boycotting the game. Are you for trans rights? What are you doing for trans rights? You're not playing a video game? Oh, good for fucking you. Are you out there running for city office and trying to get laws changed? No, so then you're not doing anything for the yeah. trans Or even population. going out and collecting signatures to put something on a ballot uh, for trans rights. Like, there's a bunch of stuff you can do community-wise to help, and it's easier for people just to go on the keyboard and say, you bad for playing game." enter and i'm good through for, twitter and i'm good for for telling you that you're bad like it's bullshit and it's not just with trans rights it comes down to every little thing whether it be like police brutality racism uh gay rights trans rights sec uh sec uh roe versus way sexism and all that shit mm -hmm. you can sit here and bitch and moan about how horrible the decisions are that are being made in congress and that's fine go out there protest if you want to do but you know what it's not the 60s anymore and I don't feel like the protesting like people did in the 60s really do anything because what did the protests in the 60s really show us for at least civil rights? It was to show the brutality of how people would be treating. And what did the government do back then? They fell into that trap and pulled out the dogs and water hoses on people. Yep. They don't do that to protesters anymore. They let you sit there and chant and do whatever the fuck you do until you become so much of a nuisance that they move you out of the area. And then you all fucking go home and go back to your lives. So, like... Protesting to me seems completely useless and doesn't do anything. That doesn't mean rioting does anything, because rioting doesn't do anything either. If you really want to make change, run for your uh, local city council, run for uh, your state government, run for federal government, do what you can to get in the lawmaking process to actually make change. Don't sit here and bitch and moan about how horrible everybody is for playing the fucking game when you're not sitting on your ass doing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I I agree with that statement of you. It's easier to point fingers and to do and sideline than it is to get into the game and do something, make a change. And like I said, like even just going out and collecting signatures for a new law that you're trying to get onto a bill or going and writing and uh, emailing your local congressperson uh, your thoughts and views on certain matters that they have voted on. Yeah, I mean, people are going to play this game and raise money for trans rights orgs. Great, they they should be able to do that without having to deal with the harassment and the bigotry that's coming from the people saying, "Oh, you're you're homophobe or you're transphobe or you're turf or whatnot because you're playing a game." If you like, a lot of people grew up with this being their childhood. I'm not one of those folks, but some people are, and like. This game actually delivers, I think, on the promise of what people want from an interactive Harry Potter universe type uh, experience. Okay, they get to get the game starts with them getting their letter. They get to go to Hogwarts. They get to fly around <coughs> the Highlands of Scotland uh, as a wizard and do Wizarding World stuff. Are there a lot of issues with the Wizarding World? Yes, there's a lot of politics and weird shit in that universe that doesn't even make sense when you walk when you read the books and watch the movies like the whole wizarding world is completely secret from the non-wizarding world how they pull that off when you have centaurs unicorns fucking dragons, dragons flying around. spiders goblins people all over the fucking place how do they pull that off how do they get them all to agree i'm sure some people didn't agree 
but maybe the wizards think it's for the better good because moguls are going to kill anything that they don't know what it is, right? Who knows? They're because they, they have the wizard world has poachers in their own world that they can't fucking control. <laughs> so I mean, there's a lot of shit happening. It's complicated. Stop reading into it. It's a fucking fantasy story for children. <laughs> Thing is, this game is definitely not a ten out of ten. Um, we'll probably put it like at eight point five or eight. Because it does have some issues. It does have some things that aren't very clear at the beginning. I'm not going to uh, take points off for graphics. So it doesn't look like a, a 360 game or Xbox One game. It doesn't play bad. It loads fairly fast. Um, graphics, are your mileage will vary depending on if you're a PC or a console. Because PC graphics vary very much so on what you build. And console graphics are based on which one you have. But like... If you expect every game to look like Naughty Dog's motion capture or performance capture or look like <clears throat> Guardians of the Galaxy's performance capture, you're fucking crazy. That shit is expensive to do. And those games, if they don't make a shitload of money, it doesn't justify the costs of paying for the actors, paying for the technology. Paying to, for the time. Paying for all the time to make the realistic movements. Like Those games look next-gen and look really good. But they're spending a ton of money hoping that that graphic fidelity and effects wins them the money on the sales to justify the cost. And unfortunately, some of the times, those games don't have a lot of, might not have a lot of replay value or the story may suck. Cool, great. They spent a lot of money making something that looks really great, but has, doesn't play well, so nobody's going to play it. Here's a game that, yeah, it doesn't use motion capturing for, capture for everything, but it has interesting characters. It has a very dense uh, world where you can go through almost just about almost every, every door. There are a few doors that you walk that do not open for you, uh, whether it be in the town or the castle or whatnot. But you basically you can explore everything and anything in here, um, and you play through a little story. I'm about 50% of the way through. All I know is that there's a guy rallying up the goblins to revolt against the wizards only reason why is because that i've been given why is it because he was a goblin who like liked uh beast and whatnot and wanted to be a beast trainer and when he went up to try and introduce himself to a wizard he got his ass beat because the wizard was an asshole which guess what people are assholes it happens um not so, everyone's a 10 out of 10 <clears throat> so he hates the wizards so that's why he's building a, a revolt around it not because he's enslaved, not because the goblins are being mistreated, because he's killing anybody who doesn't join up with him anyway. Because you see him kill a goblin who works for the bank in like the first... Uh, in the first act. In the first... In the prologue act, I would oh. say. You see you see him killing his own kind. So like, it's not about rights. It's not about racism or anything like that. Uh, it's angry goblins, angry at wizards, trying to kill people. And you're a student caught in the middle to... To solve the, to right, have the key to solving everything, it's not slavery is good for the slave bullshit. Um, like I said, we'll have a full review on it probably later this week. Mm -hmm. Um, but the game captures what it was what it was meant to do, which a lot of games miss on. Like all the other Harry Potter games, are basic tie-in movie games where it's like follow the main character through all the events that happen through the movie, and all the events that happen through the movie are all these just just different little mini games that you have to play through. To get through the story. Mm -hmm. This is, hey, here you are, here's your wand, and here's the world. Go out there and do whatever the fuck you want. And it lets you do whatever the hell you want. Um, and that sounds like that's exactly what everybody who's 
a hardcore fan of Harry Potter wants to do. Just because J.K. Rowling has a really bad take on a political issue shouldn't deter somebody from being able to like uh, Harry Potter. It shouldn't mean this whole franchise is trash. That franchise, in my opinion, is like what Star Wars is to sci-fi geeks uh, now. Like It's bigger than George Lucas. George Lucas could come out being a raging lunatic tomorrow and it's not going to kill Star Wars. Um, well, he also sold <clears throat> his shared rights to, to Disney. Disney. But like Disney has said and done stupid shit in the past. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's not like they're, Disney's they're at... immune for being just always good. Um, they've had some horrible shit on, in their record, and that doesn't mean, oh, well, you've got to stop supporting Disney. People still go out there and buy it. I mean, if you really want to try and hurt J.K. Rowling, this game is not doing... Protesting this game doesn't do it. Like, everybody's brought up already. Universal ticket sales, toy sales, book sales, merchandising, all... Nintendo. Mm, yeah, every game company has deals with her. Those are the people... Those are the bigger revenue streams than this one developer who makes... Harry Potter universe games and like other universe games like Avalanche Software has not made AAA has not made a single AAA game in their entire uh, catalog. They've made kind of like movie knockoff games and like just kind of meh games for children type of stuff. This is why I'd say their first attempt at a full blown AAA open world game. And for a first try, they did really really well. You don't feel the tropes of like in the Assassin's Creed world with it, and you don't feel. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're doing pointless fetch quests all the time. All the story, all the side quests how ha- will have some decent story to it. Some may be resemble more of a fetch quest of go here, collect this and deliver that. But like I played one side story that was like an hour long dungeon crawl. I was like, wow, this is a side quest. I'm surprised this it's tying into the major, the bigger story, but I could have easily skipped this and not done this. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, the game is, I would say, a good game. If you're in, if you're really into Harry Potter, this answers all your Harry Potter dreams and wishes. You'll you'll enjoy it. If you're kind of mad on Harry Potter, you could skip, skip it. it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, if you just like games, like I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I watch the movies. That's that's it. I find the game really fun and entertaining to play, and it's delivering on everything that I would want as a Harry Potter fan in a game. So, it works, um, and it's fun. And like I said, I'll go more detail about like some of the things that are broken in the game, uh, that's too repetitive and whatnot. But this is nowhere near way worse than Cyberpunk's launch. It does not deserve a one out of ten. That is clearly a review bomb from a publicized, national, recognized publication, which you expect review bombs to come from trolls and people who don't play the games and don't know shit. You don't expect a review bomb to come from a national publication. So, like, Wired completely fucked up. That's that's embarrassing on their part to have done that. If I was their editor-in-chief, I would not be defending that article. Um, I would probably be looking for another job because whoever's in charge should be firing an asshole for, for doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the review bombing is, not, is never a good thing. Like, review sites have to put in uh, special security to try and curve review bombing and have that done by a publication is fucking outlandish. Yeah, I, I have nothing to add to okay. that. So that's a rant on it, but like <laughs> Harry Potter, it's, uh, or not Harry Potter, but Hogwarts Legacy is a decent game. I hope WB continues with it, with that, with that franchise. The fact that they have a universal park to this Hogwarts world does, it tells me that like 
WB is not going to shut down their shit because the uh, the person who created this world is a is a bigot. <laughs> All right, it's not mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, and there's no excuse for her behavior, but her behavior has nothing to do with the behavior of people who are playing a game. Right? They're not out there uh, curb stopping tra- trans people or trying to stop them from having their uh, fair rights. Right? They're just playing a fucking game. Let them play a game. You bitching out anybody out there bitching and bullying those folks. You guys got to get your priorities straight. And uh, learn how to actually make change instead of just being on the internet and, and bullying people and being bitchy and shitty. Just be good to each other. <laughs> yes. Be good people. All right. Let people enjoy things. If you don't <laughs> agree, that's fine. That's life. Yeah. So, end of the day, you're not good for playing. You're not bad for playing a game. Do what you want to do that that you enjoy. Everybody deserves to be treated equal. And get and let's get over it, right? In about two months from now, nobody's gonna give a shit about. No one's going Hogwarts. to be talking about Hogwarts legacy yeah. like they are right now. Yeah. Probably in the next two weeks, they're not going to be talking as much. Yeah, when the next big game comes out, or when uh, Atomic Heart, when Atomic Heart releases, and people are gonna start bitching about how that game might be funded by Russian oligarchs who are funding a war in the Ukraine. Who the fuck knows? Well, that needs more research. That needs more research, whether or not that's true or not. But I'm sure that's going to be the next big thing. Like, how dare you play this? They're killing the developers supporting uh, killing of Ukrainians. Who knows? Everybody just needs something to bitch about. At the end of the day, the world is addicted to, to drama and trauma. And they need to stop. And you got, people need to just start liking shit. Because at the end of the day, if you start hating everything that you grew up loving... You're going to be under miserable. Yeah, there's nothing worth worth doing because you hate everything and other people who like you are going to be like cool you hate this shit I like then fine I'm not going to talk to you or hang out with you so you'll end up old and alone it's just enjoy life be good to each other get off social media yeah get off social <laughs> media uh, and we'll see you next week thanks for listening guys bye, bye. bye.